You're about to listen to another episode of What the Hell Just Happened. Join Paul Edwards and his guests as they discuss and sometimes even solve some interesting HR problems. And I'm going to go off the rails sometimes and talk about whatever I want. All right, everybody, I want to welcome you to uh, today's What the Hell Just Happened. Cece, I want to welcome you too. Um, so I think you have some things that have been going on in HR and you're just going to kind of <laughs> get my feelings about these things. Yeah, this is just kind of a fun uh, episode where we're going to talk about some HR horror stories because, you know, we have way more stories than the average person here. And we all get to talking sometimes about our past lives before we came to and see things her. that come up. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. We've hired an uncommon number of attorneys who worked in practices, to give an example to you who are listening out there, who then actually kind of really learn more about classification of employees and particularly <laughs> the exempt, non-exempt. And a lot of them are like, wow, we weren't paying our people right. So, I mean, oh, everybody past, who comes here says past lives. Yeah, 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 I had this happen and I had no idea it was wrong. Self-included. Self-included. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um. Anyway, I was late today to the podcast, everybody. I mean, <laughs> I'm stuck in a subreddit right now, Cece. Which one? Well, I'm in the Rivian one. So if Rivian is a truck that is really oh. cool. And I was in the Cybertruck. Uh, I had one of those reserved, but, you know, he's been promising it. And now after using his Starlink product. Um, you are speaking a different language. I have no idea what you're okay. saying. <laughs> so Elon Musk uh, said, hey, I'm going to do this Cybertruck thing. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. Because uh-huh. I, I don't really like Tesla's. What's the Cybertruck, though? The Cybertruck is this monster truck. It looks like a, a, it was built for the game Tron. I don't know if you oh, remember that game. Because okay. it's a little way before your time. It's like one of the first video games. So. But anyway, it looks like it was built for Tron. It's one of the ugliest things I've ever seen in my life. And there's been a lot of comical errors with it, but they're finally bringing them online. Okay. Meanwhile, this company Rivian put this truck together, which um, I rented one just to drive it Mm -hmm. uh, about uh, two months ago Mm -hmm. because I sold my Tacoma for a Subaru. Mm -hmm. And I made a mistake. Oh, no. Well, I love the Subaru. There's nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. I digress here. I'm all the way over <laughs> on trucks, and we're already talking about the Subaru. I just want to say, I just want to say this from the subreddit that I'm on, because you asked me what subreddit mm-hmm. I'm on. And I'm in the Rivian subreddit because I've ordered my truck, and I'm waiting, and they're building these things, which yeah. is really uncommon. You know, you don't sit and wait for Ford to build your truck. Right. You, know, you go by, and you, you know, do battle with a dealership, and you get a truck. So the worst. It, it's not <laughs> great. Don't even get me going on that. But... um Anyway, I got an email from Rivian this morning, um, mm-hmm. and we get many emails from them. I'm always excited because I'm hoping it's the email that says, hey, we're configuring your truck and yeah. get, your, get your stuff together. And, um, and I'm just really attached to this whole process. <laughs> I am. And they, they sent me an email trying to sell me the, um, clothes. <laughs> Rivian clothes? Yes. <laughs> Yes, very so expensive you, ones. Like so you hood. can be like Rivian list, but you'll sport your cap. But or you can your, wear your hat, yeah, you or you can, can buy be a anything. billboard. And and, and mm-hmm. I made a comment in it, and I and I made a comment being like, "Look, what you, you got, y'all? Uh, what are you doing? Yeah, like do, what? <laughs> in what world do you think you should have any attention focused on selling people apparel right now? Yeah. <laughs> you're producing trucks, and you're getting um. And and by the way, everyone starts with, "Hey, I'm having this problem with my truck." Uh-huh. But they they preface that with, I freaking love this truck. So don't get me wrong here. This is the best vehicle I've ever owned in my life. I'm in love with it. And people are. They're really mm-hmm. in love with it. And after driving one, I see why. Okay. Um, 
I guess I just wanted to go take a little left turn because we can talk about these HR things, mm-hmm. but I also want to just say to everybody out there, one of the things to learn as a big business is to focus. Yeah. And do whatever you do, even if what you appear to do needs to be focused on, um, you're going to love the way I'm going to tie this into HR. Okay. Whatever you do <laughs> or whatever you're focused on really needs to be focused on how it adds to your product, mm-hmm. to your customer's experiences, to the outcomes, to all those things. And all of that has to do with your people. Absolutely. And so when you upset a customer, like you've just upset me, and I'll get over it. Yeah. I mean, I can just ignore it, but I'm not going to ignore the next email. It's mm-hmm. not It's not okay for me to start getting these extra emails. We take it out on your people. Yeah. We do. Yeah. We get upset. And, and they're already struggling with their service centers. They don't have enough. Mm-hmm. They're trying to put these vehicles out to meet some goals so that they can keep their financing and have cash flow and so that this can be a, a successful company. And we're all out here rooting for them. There's tens of thousands of us who have pre-ordered these vehicles. And I just, I just, so far, I really, in comparison to other companies that produce Cybertrucks, Teslas, and poorly operating satellite dishes, but charge $120 a month for them, I'm not real fond of that company right now. So I'm loving what I'm seeing from Rivian. And then it's so weird that just a pair of shorts, of overpriced shorts, and a pullover <laughs> would upset me so much. I am, I need help. <laughs> That's what I need. All right. I, all right, Cece, thanks for letting me bent that right yeah, now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get into the meat of this thing. What's, what, what are some of these horror stories? Okay. So the first one um, comes from somebody who actually doesn't work in HR here, but uh, she told us a story about um, a former supervisor who had a habit of going around and touching the earlobes of all the women at the office. Male or female? The it, it was a male doesn't touching matter. all the females. Doesn't earlobes. matter, but I, <laughs> but it matters to me right now. Okay, yeah. So he he had a, a earlobe thing. Okay. Yeah, and he's touching all the women. He earlobes. would just come and just walk up to them and like rub their earlobes. And just rub their earlobes. And it was such a pervasive thing. Somebody saw it happen to her for the first time when she started there, and they came up to her privately and said, and "Don't said, worry about it. It's just his thing." No, the, well, the opposite. They said, "If you I you looked uncomfortable." You, you have to tell him to stop because he does it to everybody. And, and if you say nothing, he thinks it's okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Is it, what, uh, I have so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> okay. First of all, if you're listening out there, it's not the employee's job to tell. Uh, first of all, they need to tell the guy or the gal, you know, I'm not, I'm not comfortable being touched, but. What manager gets to be a manager who's touching the 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 team? You know, certain industries, uh, and where this person came from okay. is, is one of those where where there's a lot of money flowing in and out. Okay. There's sometimes you've got people who are rainmakers and they just get to wreak oh, all. Oh, they get to the do havoc. whatever they want to. Yeah, and this was that type of scenario. Oh, where so this his was shirt is who... not buttoned properly. Part of his belly's hanging out. <laughs> He's got food in his mustache because he's the head sales guy yeah. and he's an earlobe yeah. toucher. Yeah. Oh, well, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> right? You, this goes down the line of everybody, and this happens more than you. I want to uh, admit, or maybe than our members want to admit. Yeah. It's this question right here. 
and it's the same employee. Mm-hmm. I know we had to fire her because she was stealing, but yeah. she was so good yeah. at billing, and she didn't steal that much. I'm mm-hmm. thinking about hiring her back. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, it's like you've got this uh, crazy person inside yeah. your business because they, they're so important and they're so good at what they do, mm-hmm. but you allow other things to happen. Yeah, or I mean, even stuff that's a little more innocent. You mm-hmm. see, where maybe they're they're late every day, but they really excel at their job. Yeah, but it's pissing everybody else off. That's an official HR term. Yeah, CC <laughs> pissing everybody else off. Yeah, and it's really affecting morale. Uh-huh. You know, and I, most of the time, if you set the expectation for you know mm-hmm. set that bar higher. They don't want to lose their job either. They're making their commission or whatever. So, you know, there's ways to get them to still get the performance that you want. Right. But not have it affect the whole team where, you know, all the women are like dodging this guy in the hall. They have their earlobes taped behind their their heads. So everybody looks kind of like a reptile. Pasting their hair down. Well, this is unfortunate, but okay. So look, the person being late all the time, you're creating one kind of like liability there of inconsistency, but we'll, we'll move on to the next one, but, but allowing uh, a male or even a female to touch employees in, in a way that's inappropriate, not uh, adding to the job or anything is not okay. And, and that's a completely different kind of legal liability and one that you couldn't escape. And, and, yeah, the and consequences can be really high there. They can be. I I look, I've I can remember again, this has happened two or three times. They're taking the group photo, all everybody's gathered around. Doctor doesn't really mean anything by it, but he he's trying to get everybody to smile and he kind of runs his hand down the back of the one standing close to him and kind of pops her on the butt. Mm-hmm. And she smiles. But then uh, two weeks later, they have to let her go. Has nothing to do with the picture or the butt sure. touching or anything, but she brought the butt touching back in. Yeah. So, you know, innocent, and no matter how innocent or good natured or well intended or playful it is, once you're a manager, mm-hmm. um, you, can't, you can't touch other people. Right. And if you're managing other people, you can't let the other people touch other people. Yeah. Well, and worse, if he escalates that. Wait, does this mean I have to stop going around for my morning hug when I come in? (laughs) Because I get 32 hugs every single morning. (laughs) And Frankie over here, who's recording, he seems to like it. (laughs) Not a word from Frankie. Frankie's like, yeah, I love it, Paul. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. But even worse, if you ignore that behavior and then that person escalates into, you know, touching other body parts or... Something yeah. even more forward. You're you're responsible f- because you should have known yeah. because of you what you were letting go on. Yeah, no more, no more earlobe touching. Okay. Okay, so this is um different but similar. Okay, this is my own experience. Horror stories. <laughs> okay. So we had um a um manager, and again, this is a financial type of industry. He was a rainmaker. He asked a candidate uh, for nude pictures, still offered her the job. Very reasonable request. Yeah, right? Yeah, awesome. <laughs> de- it, yeah. it wasn't at a strip club. So Bank of America? Not- <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding, <laughs> no, Bank of America. No, no, no. I'm just kidding, Bank of America. Yeah. <laughs> um, she, she turned down the job and submitted. Oh, duh. Yeah, to, to HR and had the text messages. So we had the proof that yeah. he had done this and, you know. And they fired him, right? 
you you would think. Um, but uh, we did an investigation. He admitted to it. Um, and said he wouldn't I mean, do he it couldn't again. not admit to it. No, it was right okay. there. Uh, said he wouldn't do it again. My advice to upper management was we need to let this person go. That's egregious, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. What? Who? Who isn't telling us what else is going yeah, he's on? He's done it. Yeah, something else. Um, their opinion was that uh, the the law prevents you from. So if he had not hired her, that would have been discriminatory. Well, because he offered her the job. <laughs> but because he offered her the job, this was not illegal in their opinion. I, I'll, I'll disagree with that one. But let's say that that was correct. I said, you can have higher standards for your employees than the law requires. Yeah. But the money Well, that's what he would argue is he has higher standards. He needs to see <laughs> people who work for him naked before they start working exactly. for him. <laughs> So the company, the financial company you work for, didn't have a lawyer. Uh, the, I don't know if they consulted no legal there's on no, this. To there's be no honest. way legal. There's no way legal would return that answer. <laughs> okay, so the moral of the story is, yeah, that's just awful. Yeah, yeah, that's a bad one. I was, and, 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 I wasn't and, there very long. Yeah, after that, I could. <laughs> well, I mean, it's probably indicative of some other things that are, are uh, kind yes, of yeah. going on. Yeah, um, and you know, the financial industry and banks are famous for holding on to people and allowing things to go that maybe not be the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. They have they have branches in every city and every town, and they have you know, it, it's not easy. I I I just it's, do that's want the truth. It, I do want to recognize and, absolutely, and rainmakers are very, very valuable, but they have to be rainmakers that don't ask for people's um, naked pictures. But yeah, yeah, I'm just saying as a mm-hmm. owner, you know, yeah. and I don't own a yeah. financial institution with a bank and all that sort of stuff, but I would fire the you know what out of that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 we wouldn't be worrying about him. Um, this is just me personally. Everybody mm-hmm. who's listening, this is not Paul HR Paul. <laughs> I would personally make sure he didn't get a job anyplace else. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have to worry about him going to work for my competitor because mm-hmm. I I would make the uh, uh, that's just wrong. Yeah. I, now that I'm thinking about it, the more I'm thinking about it, it kind of makes me angry that they would allow him to stay in that position. Yeah. And, and that they would allow him to continue to do that, and that they would ignore that he's doing stuff like that to other people that work in the workplace. Because mm-hmm. of all the things that need to be true in this world. I don't care where your political correctness meter falls or where any of those things are. Folks ought to be able to come to work and do their job. That's it. They yeah. should be free of harassment. They should have the best manager that, that they can get, you know, and we're all different degrees yeah. of manager and work sucks sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. But, yeah, people should be able to come to work and spend that darn eight hours five days a week with you and not be subject to something like that yeah well and you did know, he ask he, the males for it no of course not but also i mean if she had are ex- you sure because <laughs> i have a different answer yeah. no i'm just kidding <laughs> but you know the job offer to me is not that's not part of the equation because she could not reasonably accept that she job she mortified. would have ex- she would have had to expect to be sexually harassed oh can every i go day. can i go all male on this one sure hey if she had <laughs> been my girlfriend or my wife uh-huh. he'd have spent some time in the emergency room <laughs> just want to put that out there for any of you listening thinking about uh asking for a naked picture of somebody <laughs> by text who's applied for a job for you, you better make sure it ain't my girlfriend. <laughs>
<laughs> I'm from the South. Yeah. We settled things a different way. Well, I'll hope for our sake. Yeah. So we don't have to bail you out of jail. <laughs> that, I don't have a girlfriend. We're fine. <laughs> Words out. Oh. <laughs> um, all right. This next one. We love to talk about you can't pay people in chicken here. Yeah, it's great. It was a, it was a good line. Yeah. It was true. We have uh, an employee here who was paid in pizza. Uh, and every day when he would come to work, if he, he knew he would have to stay late if there was a pizza Involved. waiting there for him. Well, that takes the <laughs> joy so, out of pizza. Of course, my first question is, how, so how often were you getting a pizza? And he said, every day. Every day. <laughs> every day. So this was an unpaid internship from the start, but the lateness was... But was paid in pizza. Okay. <laughs> if he was properly, if he was properly, if he was working an unpaid internship and they weren't no, taking this, it, I'm, no, yeah. they had gotten that part <laughs> yeah. wrong too. Yeah, of course. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I was going to say, if it was an unpaid internship and they were giving him a pizza a day, that's a company, a bona fide unpaid internship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A bona fide, yeah. you know, it's a real thing and you're really there and you're getting experience and they're putting up with your butt. Sure. And, and you, you know, it, yeah, the pizza would have been fantastic. I'd have been like, guess what I got, y'all? I got this internship and like three pizzas a week. Yeah. No, it was not a bona fide internship. But, and that, it's true though. People here love to get fed. Yeah. And they also like to get paid. Yeah. And they also like to be paid overtime. Yeah, exactly. But we're not paying them in lieu, paying them in food in lieu of actual money. Or gift cards or (laughs) free trips or anything. We pay them their hourly wage. And then we, and then if we'd like to get them pizza, we get them pizza. Mm -hmm. Oh, I left out one detail you'll love. This was also in California. Um, HR rabbit hole, you have to be very careful with internships. You can't just mm-hmm. call someone an intern. There's a bunch of rules around it. We're not going to go into that because we've done podcasts yeah. and written articles on it. If you're thinking that you're paying your people in pizza, who are your interns? And maybe you don't know about these rules about interns. Mm-hmm. You might want to search our website for more Absolutely. information. Or Cedar's website for more information. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just something you can make up right. a program. And What's house. our next horror story? Um, the next one is... Paul, do you recall that we gave a, a bonus for something pretty odd? Uh, I cannot not confirm nor deny <laughs> the way you asked me that question. I feel like I'm in front of Congress. I cannot I cannot <laughs> confirm or deny whether or not I did that. I'm gonna preface this with our, our bathrooms in this building oh, are yes. like public facing. Yes. We have uh, we yes, share we did, with we some tenants. Yeah. It's not really a bonus because I'm, I'm dealing with an independent contractor, a bona fide independent yes. contractor yes. who's cleaning up our building. Yes. yes. And she came to us. Uh, she was not, you know, it wasn't just to, a complain to complain. It was more like you would not believe yeah. what I just had to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, because she she had had to clean poop off the walls. Yeah. Yeah. We have a big atrium um, open space and. About twice a year, homeless folks will figure out how the doors work and stuff, and they'll block them open, they'll do things, and they'll come inside, and there's uh, public-facing, well, atrium-facing open bathrooms that can't be locked or anything on the inside of the building, and they'll start using it. You know, the, the... so I don't know if this is an HR horror story, but I, I remember when we figured out, we gave her a few couple hundred extra bucks. Yep. Right? We're really sorry about that. And then we really got on trying to keep people out. But the, the thing here is, is that if the homeless people would just be not poop on the walls, 
Yeah. Because yeah. the people who are unhomed, because but everybody who's listening, I work with the unhomed every week. I volunteer, mm-hmm. been doing it for five years. I've got a pretty healthy conversation, understanding of the community. If they were just sneaking in and using the bathrooms and sneaking back out, they could do it forever. I wouldn't care. Yeah. If they did, had no zero impact on the building. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes you got to go a little extra. I guess the moral <laughs> of that story is, is if you want to keep the people working with you and for you, you got to treat them well. And in this case, we were like, she didn't ask for it. I, I don't no. think she was expecting. No, she wasn't. And, and I think you've got to be prepared when you're a manager or you're working in HR to have some really interesting conversations at happen. any moment. You can't always throw money at the problem. But <laughs> no. and sometimes you can fling some poop against the wall. I mean, we got chimpanzees in there. What's going on? Okay. What's the next one? What's the weirdest way you ever got a, a job, Paul? Weirdest way? I got a job? Yeah. Yeah. You've got your own interesting story. I've had a lot of jobs. My first, uh, I got my social security, you know, social security sends you a thing and tells you, you know, this is how much you've earned so far. And I got it the other day mm-hmm. and, uh, and I was curious cause they gave a login and I went to log in and my first entry in the social security, I was nine years old. Oh, my, um, Grand, I, I'm farm. I'm farm family. Mm-hmm. My grandparents, both of them, were farmers, and mm-hmm. I remember uh, being taught to drive a tractor. And I was uh, what we call trucking tobacco from mm-hmm. the field back to the barn. And uh, and the first time I did was at nine years old. And my darn grandfather issued me paychecks. <laughs> How awesome is that, though? He wanted me to understand yeah. what a check was, and he would write. You know, I was probably being paid. You know, eighty nine cents an hour, mm-hmm. and and uh. But but it showed up. He also made my social security contributions and stuff that he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's the, really cool. That's kind of the first job. That's not what you asked me. What's the weirdest way that I got a job? Yeah. Um, one of the weirdest ways that I got a job. This is setting aside the whole hot air balloon crew chief thing. Um, was oh, I don't think I've heard that one before. <laughs> uh, that was pretty awesome. That was good. Yeah, I thought it was going to help me pick up chicks. It didn't work. Um, <laughs> no, actually, it did, now that I think about it. Anyway, um, I was uh, – okay, everybody, it, again, you may have heard me mention this before. Back in my 30s and partial, part of the way into my 40s, I owned some a couple of live music venues, and I also um, was a promoter. Uh, in some other venues, and I also managed bands that would travel around the country. I mean, I made a full-fledged business out of this. Yeah. I ended up with 60 employees, and it grew from, you know, you've got this little live music venue, you have this management company, and you're managing these artists and negotiating contracts with uh, record labels, small record labels, small bands, everybody, just, you know, not trying to, like, blow this out of the water. But, you mm-hmm. know, very serious, lots, lots of folks working for me. Um, as part of that, I was really good friends with the guy who owned the concert venue across the street from me. And in fact, I owe him everything. Mm-hmm. Joe, Joe, if you're listening and I know you're not, <laughs> but if Joe, if Joe Tronto's listening, I, you know it, I've told you before, I still owe you everything. Um, Joe had a comedy zone and he had a hypnotist that would come through. Mike mesmerize. If you're listening, <laughs> you can kiss my ass. Oh gosh. <laughs> no. He'll get it. He'll get it. I'm going to send this to him. Okay. I haven't seen Mike in many years. We connected a couple of years ago, and he immediately insulted me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't think Mike still does the hypnotist thing, but he was the world's most powerful hypnotist, and he would come through town all the time. And we had the Comedy Zone, and it was a sit-down. It would hold about 250 people, which is a big comedy club. Been mm-hmm. going for years. Mike had been coming through for a couple of years, and he was just killing it. 
I mean, he had been coming so long, CC, that when he would, there was a moment in time, as you expect on a stage, for the for the hypnotist to go sleep now, right? Yeah. And and then everybody on the stage would fall asleep. Not everybody would. Some would fake it. Mm-hmm. Some would, anyway. That's a whole nother story. Mm-hmm. And but it, he had been coming for so long that we're, there were two gentlemen in the audience who we would have to put, but they would have to put bouncers next to because they would fall out of their chairs because oh. they had been yeah. they had been successfully knocked out in years past. And he was like, I can't keep bringing them up on stage. People will think I'm planning them. But we would have to look for him when they'd come in. And um, anyway. Mike, well, that's an interesting liability Mike was, <laughs> Mike was amazing. Yeah, there were liabilities. That, and so that's a good way to put it. He needed an assistant on stage. Because yeah. when he said sleep now or knock someone out, if they were, um, if they were in it, they would drop like a rock. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he was so entertaining, a little risque. He really had it figured out. But part of it was he needed an assistant not just to help with those people falling out, but also he had a bunch of little cues. Yeah. So when he'd like turn someone into a rabbit, he would play Alice in Wonderland in the background. I mean, he had uh-huh. all these little cues going on. And back then it wasn't that easy to do it. You had to have like three of these dat playering tape things and you mm-hmm. had to know what it was. It was really an intricate thing that he had figured out. It's like a full show, not full just a show. It yeah. was like a really, really well, and he, a well-produced show. Mm-hmm. And he did his best to try to drag it out on the road with him mm-hmm. into these little podunk towns with all these, these comedy zones and stuff. Um, and so anyway, Mike would, he would have his assistants. He'd always bring an assistant with him mm-hmm. and he had an assistant with him on this trip. It was a new guy. And um, I'm friends with Joe, who owns the, you know, the attic was the name of the club. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're in, sitting in the comedy zone. I mean, on a date, I'm sitting back in the sound booth because, you know, I'm important. I'm special. <laughs> and I promote shows. The in, VIP in, seats? T- yeah, I'm in the VIP mm-hmm. seats, whatever. And, uh, and Joe comes out. Joe, Joe's from New York. He'd been living in he'd been living in North Carolina for thirty years. Never lost the New York accent. Uh-huh. He's like, "Paulie, I need to see you in the back." <laughs> I'm like, "What's up, Joe?" He's like, "Just, just come on, come in the back." And so I go in the back, and Mike Mesmerizes assistant has overdosed himself. Oh gosh. Yeah, yeah. He he. Uh, and and is you know just passed out in the corner. And, yeah. And he's I don't think he's going to make it to the show. Yeah. And uh and Joe pats me on the shoulder and says, Congratulations, congratulations, Paulie. You're in you're in show business tonight. You're Mike Mesmerizes new uh assistant and walks out of the backstage and leaves me in there with Mike. Well, I had met Mike before. Uh-huh. Um, I you know, Mike, I, I got you out of jail that night. And and uh anyway, uh I had met Mike before mm-hmm. and he's a he's a lovely human being, very difficult to work for. <laughs> And I'm like, Mike, I, what? And he was just like, just, you've seen the show. Here's the buttons. We're going to do the best we can. Mm -hmm. We got through that night. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then because the guy, you know, had overdosed and stuff, of course we got him help and got him out of the club, but, but, uh, um, you know, he couldn't take him out on the road. So I ended up being the uh, world's most powerful hypnotist, uh, personal assistant for the next two weeks and went out on the road (laughs) with him as we toured colleges up and down the East coast, because, you know, I don't have anything going on. And, uh, and that's how I, yeah, that's one of my, uh-huh. uh, so, and, I, I, for everybody who listened to that, thanks for listening <laughs> to that story. Mesmerized. I, I hope I hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's funny. Um, I, I'm guessing he didn't give you like. There was no travel. Nine, uh... There was no, no, it was all cash <laughs> under the table, which, you know, everybody, the, it wasn't, it was fine. <laughs> 
I mean, I'm supposed to be like, don't ever break the rules. But I mean, every now and then you just pay in cash. I did make him pay me more. Oh, yeah. I did. I yeah. did. I do well, remember that now. he was in now. a bind. He yeah. was in a bind and I actually used you it against him. negotiated it. Yeah, which was not <laughs> common for me to do back then. But I was like, wait a minute. He's offering this and I could get that. So. Well, that is not nearly as interesting as how I got my first job. How'd you so. get your first job? <laughs> Um, my friends and I used to hang out at a gas station that had like a Taco Bell inside. Do you remember when that existed? Taco Bell Expresses? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Well, we'd go after what was, school. What were they thinking? There's still a few of them around. Are there? Yeah. Were I they, thought they were all gone. No. But... Well, I don't know if they're, yeah. I think they're still around. Truck stops and things like that. That's oh, how that, yeah. That that's makes sense. That yeah. So there was a one right near my high school and my mm-hmm. friends and I would go hang out there and you know they would they were teenage boys they would just leave like a big mess and and I'm like the mom of the group and You're I'd be like you up. guys need to clean up your stuff you can't leave it here for these people to clean up after you and I'd clean up all their stuff and the manager would come out and thank me and one day he said when you turn 16 I've got a job for you and I did I went back when I turned 16 it was a good job wasn't it it ended up being a yeah I mean I I was promoted to a shift leader it didn't that it paid pretty good for being a high school student uh-huh. it was a ter- it was terrible though because of the location because yeah. it was like college students high school students lots Ugh. of homeless people it was just like a mixture yeah. of a lot of people who didn't treat you very well but it gave me really good experience mm-hmm yep and I didn't have to go like search for a job, so that was a nice thing. As a first time, you know, that's it's pretty cool really hard to, to do into. it, and then you got work experience. So, and then I got a job at the place right next door that was an actual professional job because those people would come in and buy food from me. So <laughs> it really did work out. So that's one of our tactics, right? Yeah, that's one yeah. of our tactics when you're looking for someone to hire. So that's yep. a great tactic we use over at Cedar and we give to our uh, our members over there, which is. If you see somebody providing really good service and doing a very good job at mm-hmm. whatever it is that they're doing, it never hurts to go, are you happy working here? Yeah. Because I have a job. <laughs> yeah. you give them the thing. Yeah. And they come over and they do the interview. And a lot of times um, um, what you see in action is what you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, that's all the stories we've got. For today. So this was really a pointless. This was just an opportunity for me to come in here and talk about a subreddit, Rivian, three of our, four of our things, how I got my first job or how I got a job. It wasn't my first job, but I did get to talk about my first job. Nepotism. My grandfather gave me that one. Um, (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to what the hell just happened in HR, sort of, kind of, tangentially today. Thanks, Cece. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of What the Hell Just Happened. Do Paul a favor and share this with your network. If you have an HR issue or a question you'd like us to discuss on the show, send it to podcast at wthjusthappened.com. For more HR advice and insights from Paul and his team of experts, you can also join the private Facebook group, HR Basecamp, or visit hrbasecamp.com. Make sure you tune in next week, and remember... Better workplaces make better lives.